You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. Thanks for tuning in. Our White Sox chat weekly here with Scott Merkin. And Merck, you're headed off to Arizona very soon. You excited, buddy? Yeah, I got, you know, one last uh, blast of the Chicago winter this weekend, about four or five inches yeah. of snow, three days of uh, sub-zero temperatures. Got to see the great uh, Eagles tribute to Glenn Fry on the Grammys last night. Now I'm packing and getting ready for a uh, departure this week for lovely Glendale, Arizona. And have you ever been in Winslow, Arizona? Have you ever made that? I, you know, I have movie? not. I have, I, I, every year on, you know, one of my days off or when I occasionally have the back-to-back days off, I always say, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to drive to Winslow, and then I find out it's a three-hour drive, and that you can order yeah. t-shirts online. So, you know, I, I kind of back <laughs> off the, the trip at that point. Then I may have yeah, to just, do uh, you just do Google Maps with the little uh, stick figure guide yeah. and feel like you're there. Um, yeah, I don't right, know if it's so, worth the three hours to stand in front of the sign, but anyways. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if uh, this White Sox camp is going to be worth the seven weeks of, of standing around the clubhouse that you're about to do, because there's not really a lot of Additional intrigue here, uh, not a lot of outright earnest spring battles, um, and yet there's this kind of question hanging in the air of whether they still do something uh, on the position player side. But uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about Ian Desmond. We've talked about him quite a bit on this podcast. We've talked quite a bit about the qualifying offer and, and, the, and the White Sox potential flexibility there, uh, at least relative to other organizations. But um, again, we're we're on the eve of, of camp opening, and, and Tyler Saladino still the guy at short. Yeah, you know, I, I guess it's two sides to it. You would think that the Sox were going to spend money on these guys, whether it's uh, Ian Desmond or Dexter Fowler in the outfield, both who have qualifying offers attached to them that they would have already. But then again, you would think that if one of those players had an offer they liked, they would be on a team already too, right? So <laughs> it, it, it continues on. The, the dance continues on. I, I really don't believe the Sox are going to do anything multi-year with either one of them. So, you know, maybe eventually it comes down to a one-year deal and one of the players says, okay, that's the best I got. And it's a it's a team on the cusp and a team that, you know, if it does well is going to get some attention. You know, it's in a major market, so let's see what we can do there. But, yeah, I, I don't see a multi-year deal, especially at short word, you know, they think Tim Anderson. I guess it could be like a year and an option if they ever went that way. But as of right now, it seems to me, you know, that they're, they are where they are and Tyler Saladino has the – Decided edge at shortstop, and Alvy Sal Garcia is going to be their right fielder. Well, since we last spoke, the, the White Sox did actually make one, uh, I would say, surprise move: uh, the, the acquisition of Matt Latos for the rotation. I say surprise because, um, you know, it, they had enough bodies for a starting five, certainly. But I also totally get and, and totally like uh, the move here for hey, three million bucks in this game is is not much. And uh, this is a guy who certainly strikes me as a potential bounce-back candidate. What say you, Mr. Merck? Yeah, I had heard a lot about, you know, that Eric Johnson was going to be the fifth guy with Jacob Turner pushing him a little bit and then Carson Palmer off in the in the distance, you know, their number two prospect. But you can't pass up a deal like this. If Matt Latos is healthy and you can get him close to his, you know, heyday with the Padres and the Reds where he's winning 14 games and his ERA just above three, even though he's switching to the American League really for the first time. I think he had two innings with the Angels last year, and that's pretty much his American League sum total. But, yeah, I mean, it's really a low-risk, high-reward type of situation, isn't it? And nothing against Eric Johnson, who, you know, had burst on the scene in 13, had an awful 14, and then found his way back big time last year. 
you know, in terms of International League Pitcher of the Year and had a great September with the team. But I, I get it. You know, if they're going for it, they might as well stabilize, you know, the areas that it's going to push them the, the furthest, and that's that pitching staff. So, yeah, I think, you know, if, if you get a good Latos, you could really even pencil him in higher up. It takes a little pressure off Carlos Rodon, for that matter, too, I think. You know, if he can come out and pitch, you have a veteran guy who you can slot in there. And it, it kind of breaks up the lefties, which Eric Johnson was going to do also. But it just, again, we've talked about this, Anthony, in past podcasts. It gives them the depth. You know, they didn't have uh. – Chris Beck is coming back off a nerve repositioning surgery. He, he said he'll be right at the beginning of the season. But, you know, besides him, you really don't have any starters that – there's some that could surprise, but that really you can say, okay, if, you know, Rodon is hurt or if someone struggles or something like that, you can go to plan A or plan B or plan C. So, Lato's – Lanes it out. And that's the biggest thing we were just talking about, the outfielder and shortstop, that you know, everyone's focusing on Desmond and Fowler. You know, maybe eventually they, two weeks into spring training or two days, whatever, they had someone who no one's thought of. You know, maybe more of a complementary piece in either spot that can, again, lengthen the roster. Because as we've, thought, as we've said, that's the one thing they kind of lack is that, that depth of insurance if one of these big guys doesn't perform. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Latos is interesting because there's numbers, peripheral numbers from last season that were not really any different than when he was very good uh, in San Diego and, and uh, Cincinnati. But, you know, he comes with a reputation, a, a poor reputation in the clubhouse. And I almost wonder if you look around saying, geez, I mean, my numbers were almost identical to those of Samarja. Samarja gets $90 million, I get three. Uh, his reputation certainly preceded him, I think, quite a bit. And uh, I just wonder if the White Sox are, are maybe going to get the best of him from, from that standpoint because, uh, you know, he has a lot to gain, especially in next year's free agent market uh, from, from a bounce-back season and, and, uh, and, and perhaps a season where he can, you know, change that reputation a bit. But see how all that plays out. Um, all right, so Eric Johnson and, and Jacob Turner kind of push back a little bit, as you said. Um, any other spots of, of intrigue for you? We, we, we talked about the shortstop and right field and, and the rotation. It, it seems like the White Sox roster is pretty well set overall. Yeah, you know, I mean, they added Tommy Canely from Colorado. He was one of their first additions this offseason, and they, yeah. they love his arm, but, you know, they want him to throw more strikes as Colorado did too. And I just, you know, for right now, you look at that bullpen, and uh, I think there are seven guys that are pretty well set there. And I, I don't know if anyone else is really going to be able to, you know, to crack into that lineup. There's, you know, uh, David Robertson, Zach Duke, Nate Jones, Matt Albers, Dan Jennings, Zach Putnam, and Jake, Jake Patricia. So I, th- I think all seven are, you know, there's very little, I want to say, shakiness. You know, very little like, oh, yeah, that guy. I, I guess Putnam's area was up a little bit last year, but still – you know, good strikeout guy, and you know, being moved more to the sixth or seventh inning role, anyways, with Nate Jones, Albers, and Duke in front of David Robertson. So I don't, unless they decide to move one of those guys and bring a pure long reliever, such as like Jacob Turner, that you know that would make a little bit of sense. But you have a good starting rotation. You have guys who are going deep in the game consistently. So I'm not sure if you really need that long reliever. You know, as much as you need a guy who can throw two innings, which Putnam or Patricia can do. Even Albers can do that, for that matter. So I don't see anything there. I think Saladino's got the decided edge of short, even though Carlos Sanchez is probably going to make the roster as a utility guy. And, yeah, I think the biggest battle, believe it or not, is probably for the 25th man. Is you know As as we sit here right now, Jerry Sands, Travis Ishikawa, Leori Garcia is in there. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of names I'm, I'm missing there. But 
you know, who is the last guy off the bench. And then if you want to, I guess, you know, who's going to be the starting catcher. But I think that's going to be at the beginning split between Navarro and Avila, and then whoever gets the hot hand, they're going to, or, you know, most comfortable with the pitching staff, they'll ride that, that person for a little bit. So I don't think there really is any, believe it or not, you know, for a team that people say is one, is one move away or they need one more hitter or one more this, they really don't have a lot of position battles, which is, I guess, a credit to Rick Hahn for kind of lighting things up over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want. You, you want to go to camp exactly. with, with not a lot of question marks, and um, obviously things can happen in camp that create question marks, but, um, you know, for, for now they're in pretty good shape. Rick Hahn says this roster is better now than a year ago. What do you think about that, Mark? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, I think, you know, they're counting on bounce packs. Let's, let's face it, uh, You've watched Adam LaRoche. I don't think Adam LaRoche is going to be as bad as he was last year. I don't know if Adam LaRoche is going to hit 30 home runs this year, but I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last year. I'm still in the, you know, apparently at least right now, small camp that believes Avi Garcia should be looked at as a guy who's just played one full season and has a chance to develop. Again, the Sox are not going to let this ride forever. You know, if he is hitting, if he is the guy and he's hitting 220 into June, well, maybe even before then, there's going to be a change. They don't want to waste these prime years of Chris Sale and Jose Abreu and Adam Eaton and everyone else. But I, you know, I, I think adding Todd Frazier, most people, you know, I saw fan, David Cameron from Fangraphs had a story the other day, and I, we've had stories about this too, talk, MLB.com talking about the biggest moves, and Todd Frazier is always up in the top two or three for moves in the offseason. And I think Brett Lowry is a, is a good addition too in terms of his intensity, in terms of his you know, uh, offensive ability. Rick targeted a couple off seasons ago, the bullpen, kind of fixed that, aligned that better. And this season he's targeted the offense. And people kind of look at it that he's done it in, I don't want to say half measures, but almost their measures. But I think even if they don't make another addition, they've done a pretty good job of improving this offense. All right. Scott Merkin will be in Glendale, Arizona all spring. He will not be in Winslow, Arizona, unfortunately, but that's okay. Uh, We won't hold that against him. Not a true Eagles fan, obviously, but that's okay. Uh, Merck, thanks for your time. As always, thank everybody for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.